standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicalist. Today, my friends, is TV Tuesday. Sometimes referred to as Television Tuesday for the reason that TV is short for television. Ha Yeah, it is. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I say that to cover my ass like so very much underwear. Uh, I kind of almost feel that this spoiler warning is not 100% necessary. Just because... If I spoil things on this show, you can still go and watch them and see them for yourselves, and you're going to have a good time. A good time. A great time. A fan diddly tastic time. Oh, boy. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million pounds. Sterling. Hmm? <laughs> no, that is ridiculous. I do not ask for pounds or dollar, dollar bills, y'all. What I do ask is that perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps. You rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts. It helps them, period, full stop. Sometimes I go into more on how it helps them, just know that it helps them. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, maybe, which is today's sponsor, which is Jeremy Clarkson's Citeron three-story motorhome apartment. Once again, today's sponsor is Jeremy Clarkson's Citeron is it Citeron or Citeron? Citeron. Let's go Citeron. Three-story mobile home apartment is what today's sponsor is. Believe it or not, believe it. Or not. All right, folks, uh, today's TV Tuesday episode has been a long time coming, or at least it should have been. I don't know why I have not come to the realization yet that I haven't brought back an episode of Top Gear UK. Uh, I've just learned, like, last weekend that there's actually a, a U.S. edition, which uh, I haven't checked out yet. Maybe I will at some point, but because a lot of my sense of humor has a sort of U.K.-leaning niche probably my guess would be that I would like this one more. So stick with it. I will, for now, until I'm done watching all friggin' shit-ton of serieses. They call them series over there in the UK, not seasons. Yeah, so uh, this, if you have not already guessed, is just the show opening. What I will do is stock, stock, take stock of this opening, and then I will stop talking momentarily after I push this transition button, this button that is labeled transition, 
and then we'll start top, topping. Oh my god, it's a good thing this is just the opening, because if the whole goddamn episode was like this, who knows what would happen. I will not be topping, I will be talking about Top Gear UK. Uh, I, to be 100% Amish with you, give you a little notes, I don't know what exactly I'm going to talk about. Uh, I haven't written down any notes yet. One thing I know I'm going to talk about is one of their specials where they went to the Middle East and drove around and stuff. So that's the only thing I have planned so far is to talk about that. And then from there, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see. It's an exciting adventure both for you and for me as we see. Rhyming! All right, so before we hop in any further than that, I will push this transition button. Pushing now. Transition. Well, we have completed the preamble previously, previous preamble PP, which means that at this juncture, I can hop right into Top Gear UK. Uh, that was a loose, very loose uh, approximation of the Top Gear theme song. So, you know, there's that. Today, in the actual real existing world, uh, it would be a pretty bad Top Gear day because it is foggy as shit. As shit! It's just not brown. The consistency of shit minus the color is what the fog is like. Oh, just cleared up. I think we're going to have patches, though. Thus concludes the Liberal Cube weather report on a podcast that is recorded days before. It will even be posted and perhaps much, much longer before you listen to it. And you may not even be listening to it in the same region. So making sense is not a strong suit for doing what I just did. Something else I uh, realized I did just about as soon as I started talking is that I have written down the first and second names of two out of the three stars of Top Gear UK. UK. So we have Jeremy Clarkson, who uh, I suppose is kind of sort of kind of sort of the the t- the the head a little bit, the main dude. I think just because he usually does the celebrity interviews on the show, so that kind of makes it feel like he's large and in charge, and large for the reason that he seems to be like he's a giant, but perhaps that's because quite often he's standing beside Richard Hammond, who seems like maybe he's (laughs) shorter than your average bear. Uh, Lastly, we have James, whose last name I forgot to write down. Now, I know what you're thinking. You've watched dozens, yeah, dozens, that's a safe number, dozens of episodes of Top Gear UK with James here. Surely they've said his last name at least once an episode. Yeah, they probably have. What you may not be aware of is that I was cursed by a gypsy to not remember and not write down names. The curse happened when I ran over the gypsy's husband while receiving a blowjob in the car, which is all coming back to UK. What I think I will... Top Gear, that is. (laughs) What I think I will do, because I very, very much appreciate James and all he's done and feel incredibly horrible that I've done this to him, is put in his last name here. 
May. James May. So that was basically just me saying his last name. Assuming, of course, that uh, I heard myself give myself that mental note to do so. Let's assume that I did. Mission accomplished. Okay, so uh, what I've brought back is specifically stuffs from series 16. I wonder why they called them in the UK serieses and not seasons. And which which begs another question, uh, here in Canada and the US, we call each year's collection of episodes a season, and then we call the television show as a whole a series. So, over there, they call each year's collection of episodes a series, but what then do they call the entire collection of episodes? I don't know. Do they call that a season? Probably not, because that wouldn't make sense. So, uh, this is si series 16 of 21. Yeah, the show's been on for a little while. To be fair to other shows that are on TV for not as long as 21 seasons, series, uh, they only do like 8, 13, somewhere in there, episodes, a, oh, fuck, <laughs> series and season is fucking me up here, uh, 8 episodes, like, uh, a series, oh boy, so compared to, say, The Office, and I mean, <laughs> oh god, I'm confusing myself, The Office, the US version, did like 22, 24, sometimes I think even 26 episodes a season. It all sort of uh, balances out, I suppose. Less seasons, more episodes. Let's just friggin' call them seasons. I'm in Canada, so I should stick with the sort of nomenclature I am familiar with. Yes? So as not to confuse my already confused brain. Uh, okay, so this uh, season started out with a quote-unquote special, special ep episode, in which the three, Jeremy, Richard, and James, traveled to the Middle East. That's the middle of the East, specifically a starting point in the country of Iraq, which has had a little trouble in recent years. Trouble in the Middle East? What? I know you're saying to yourself, yes, there has been a little trouble there. They were or their challenge was to, I don't know how accurate, probably not very at all, uh, retrace the route of the three wise men from uh, Iraq to Bethlehem, or the baby Jesus. <laughs> On the note of the baby Jesus, I friggin' love the way Jeremy Clarkson says the baby Jesus. Uh, that, again, rough approximation, but you get the gist that it is both adorable and strangely funny. I should say that this was a, again, special episode, so it's not exactly following what the quote-unquote normal episodes will consist of. I will get into, after I speak of this, a little more of the norm and things that can happen on the episode. This one was just a little bit different in that it was basically just devoted to this one challenge. And episodes may or may not have challenges such as this. This one was just much more in-depth than they usually are. In fact, I think this episode as a whole was longer than most episodes. It almost felt like uh, they combined two episodes into one lengthwise. And I liked it. So uh, the other sort of 
part of this challenge is they had to complete this journey in a secondhand two-seater convertibles. And they were not allowed to spend more than 3,500 pounds, which in uh, dollars, what is that? I, I don't really know my exchange rate. I think it's like double. It, it's roughly double. Uh, what I have not done here, I think for any of my Top Gear notes, <laughs> Top Gear, which is, I suppose at its core, a car show, have written down any of the cars that were driven. <laughs> Why have I done that? Well, so you can go experience it for yourself and be like, oh yeah, I know that car. That is a car. Perhaps that's a good as time as any to mention my sort of underlying Top Gear thought, and that is I am not, I don't want to say I'm not a car guy because I do like and appreciate cars, but I'm not like a freak about it. Like I can't look at a car and tell you what engine's in it, and what year it is, and, and how many horsepower this car has and that car has. Like, I, I can't do that. I do like and appreciate what goes behind the making of the cars that appear on this show, and cars in general. I did take auto class for at least two years, maybe it was even three years, and uh, did have, uh, have a very good time within that class may have had something to do with that allegedly, allegedly, uh, smoked a fair amount of weed pre-each class. Now, I should perhaps say on that note that one of my uh, projects for the year was to take out the steering column of a car. Mission accomplished on that, I should say. And then uh, put it back together. Mission somewhat accomplished. <laughs> Once the steering column was back in place, Every time you turned it, it would make a clicking sound for some unknown reason that we couldn't figure out. Yes. So it was in there. It would turn the wheels. It just went click, 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 Yeah. Okay, yes, despite all that, my not absolute loving of cars like these three obviously do, I love this show. I think it's probably as simple as the fact that they make it interesting and funny, underlying funny. This show has given me just, like, I went into it sort of just like, oh, yeah, this is a car show. I, I kind of like cars. Let me check it out. But I have stayed because it has generated in my belly a great, a great amount of large and long laughs, which probably, if you are at all like me, you did not realize that this show was at all capable of this. And I will verify for you that it is. That is why I have brought it back. If you have not guessed already, and I sometimes, sometimes I don't really rate TV shows because I kind of just bring back episodes. I might rate the show as a whole, but not the episode. But with this, easy, easy for me to say this show as a whole, five out of five. No ifs, ands, or buts. Okay, so... Uh, Jeremy, Richard, James have their two-seat convertibles. If something goes wrong with one of these convertibles, the producers of the show have a, uh, what what I would call, and I think maybe is a Canadianism, I don't, I don't know, would call a shitbox, which is a car that is shitty. It was, I think I did write it down. I think it was something, no, I didn't write it down. It was something called an Opal 
or something opal. I don't really remember. It was pretty shitboxy. I kind of think they all made it without having to use this shitbox, though, if I do recall. Now, this brought up an interesting point, and that is the budget of this show. This episode, where each of these three guys bought 3,500 pound cars, and pound, I mean the currency, I feel like I have to specify for some reason, well, I probably don't, uh, and then they have the shitbox, and then they have the fact that they're traveling all over the Middle East. What is the budget of this show? This is a special episode. That being said, I think as far as money spent on an episode, this one is not going to be totally, totally huge compared to some of the other shit you will see on this. Like, just mind-blowing, how did they get the money to afford to have these cars to blow up this shit? Yeah, I've got a little Mythbustery blowing up stuff from time to time, which I appreciate. And I wonder if it's uh, published anywhere, what their budget is. They're on the BBC, so does that mean that it is funded at all by the government? Taxpayer dollars, if you will? Because hmm. if I was a taxpayer and didn't like the show and saw some of the shit that they had spent money on, I might be upset. <laughs> uh, that amuses me. Uh, as I say, started in Iraq, moved up into Turkey. Now, the reason that was funny is because they were sort of scared of being in Iraq. At first, I would say rightly so, you're in goddamn Iraq. But uh, it's kind of funny how it turned out that they were in a section of Iraq where not much was going on and life was just sort of being led as normal. So they pointed this fact out, pointed out that all the people were very, very nice. They never actually felt fear for their lives. They started out wearing flak jackets and uh, helmets, like military helmets. By the end of their, their trips through Iraq, they're like, you know what? I don't even need this anymore. Why am I wearing this? Part of their thought process of their route was to, instead of head through Iraq, a sort of straight line to Israel, they went north into Turkey so as to avoid most of Iraq. <laughs> this set it up for something that greatly amused me, is that during the course of these challenges, uh, like at the first, they'll get a letter from the, I guess it's the producer saying, okay, here's your challenge, this is what you have to do. Once they got in, into Turkey, they got another letter that just started, you idiots. Because apparently, within Turkey, there's uh, some war-type things going on. So they went from Iraq, where they presumed war was happening and they were in danger, and they were in fact not, and they traveled into Turkey in order to escape this danger that was not there, and actually factually escaped into danger. So uh, they had to make it to like a safe house before a certain time, or before darkfall, or else they were basically in big shit, <laughs> which was amusing. Uh, next, moved into Syria. Now, Syria, they had a good time in. Seemed that Top Gear, the show, is very well liked in Syria, which always uh, kind of amuses me that in these countries where it's hard to even picture, I don't know why, this is maybe even racist, I'm not sure if it is or not, but it's hard to picture people in Iraq sitting around a TV watching Top Gear. I don't know, is that is that wrong of me to have that thought, to, to have difficulty picturing that? That's a curious question. Interesting, interesting. Anyways, so they're big in Syria, and uh, the reason that might pose a problem is because 
you are not allowed to travel from Syria into Israel. The border is closed between these two countries. So, potentially, if Israel is where Bethlehem is, just in case you're wondering, uh, potentially, if the uh, Israelis find out they were in Syria, they will not be allowed into Israel. So, what they decided to do is sneak through the Syrian desert. Oh, boy. This set, this set it up for something that is quite often what their challenges revolve around, and that is taking a car and turning it into something else, which is a little mythbustery as well, kind of, sort of. So, for example, uh, James turned his car into, I guess, sort of what he would imagine if the Africa Corps came ORPS had two-seater convertibles all sort of painted in their coloring and with giant like water jugs on the side and a big grill and giant lights and stuff like that. Yeah, it looked pretty good. <laughs> My favorite one was uh, Richards, who in order to, I guess, blend in, sure, he uh, had attached to the whole back of his car a tent, a Bedouin tent. So it, it almost looked as if a car, and you couldn't really see the car part other than the front and uh, a little bit of where he was sitting, and then a giant tent in the back sort of gliding through the desert majestically, so uh, that I liked. Jeremy's was multicolored, like Joseph's dream coat. <laughs> Technicolored, I suppose you would say. Okay. He had the Axel of Evil. Axel! of evil, which is meant uh, he had uh, four rear wheels, like double double wheels on the back. <sighs> that didn't work out so well for his wheel coverings that fell off. He had to sort of pick them off the desert and put them in the seat beside him. He had a hookah installed, sort of drilled into the car, so that's, uh, that's going to come in handy. He mounted that hookah, if I do recall, to bullet holes. <laughs> Part of their fear was being shot at when they were in Iraq. So his uh, his thought was, if a sandbag is going to stop a bullet, then a door filled with sand will also stop a bullet. Well, that didn't work. Uh, they did a little test, filled the door with sand, shot it. Bullet went right through the door, through the other door. Would have gone through him. That's a bit of a myth right there. I think that might have been a Mythbuster myth, that if you're in a gunfight... You can't just hide behind a car door. You're gonna get uh, you're gonna get bullets going through that. The only thing in a car you can potentially hide behind is like the engine block. So just prior to was it in Syria? I think it might have been in Syria or once they were through the desert. Uh, because Richard was doing so well in his car, which was surprising to both of them, to I think everyone that his car. I think it was a Fiat. Uh, I don't remember. Anyways, since his car was doing so well, it made uh, Jeremy and James jealous. So what they decided to do is is to fix up his CD player so that it would only play uh, Genesis, as in the CD, as in the band Genesis, which apparently Richard really hates. In fact, detests. Not only would that, not only was that all it would play, but you could not turn it off. And it was incredibly loud. So he's driving through the streets, just booming Genesis, uh, hating every minute of it. 
to my great delight and presumably Jeremy and James' delight as well. Folks, I'm at work. So because I have more to talk about, I will be back after work. Doing eight hours of work, that is. Oh boy. I will say, though, love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Well, that was a work day. A day in which I did work, hence the name. What I should do is hop right in, back, deep, deep into the Syrian desert where James had a bit of an accident. Uh, oh shit, I can't remember exactly who was stuck. I think it was Jeremy stuck and Richard tried to pull him out. Uh, they were sort of attached to with to one another, their cars that is, <laughs> with like a tether. And uh, they kind of uh, were pulling and pulling, and he put himself in a kind of a precarious position where you don't want to be, and that is standing near the tether, because if it snaps, you're fucked. It didn't snap, but uh, it pushed him hard enough to knock him onto the ground. The ground that was covered in rocks, that after his fall was covered in bloody rocks, uh, it seemed like a pretty serious, like they did a couple, a couple of strange things with this accident. At first, they sort of played it up like it was very, very serious. I'm like, holy Jesus Christ, man, you're lucky you didn't die. And then they played it down like, no big deal. It's all kind of a big joke. So, uh, I don't know where to sort of go with my thoughts of this accident. I'm going to assume it was pretty bad. Uh, so he's in the hospital, so you got to assume it's somewhat bad. Jeremy and uh, Richard decide that, hey, that was dumb and totally pointless to go through the desert disguising our cars. Why don't we just disguise ourselves instead? <laughs> so they get a couple of burkas, which if you are unfamiliar with the burka, it's a look. You know, I, I'm not sure what the fashionistas are saying about the whole uh, burka look, but uh, it's something that I do believe only the ladies wear. So they were dressed as ladies, basically. And again, that, all for naught, because at the, uh, was it at the hospital? Not at the hospital. At a hotel, they had sort of a big greeting from all the uh, Syrian folk who loved the show and totally pointless to be hiding this entire time, which I like. I, I like the pointlessness of it all. They then, to, I guess, sort of throw off pursuit, drive into Jordan. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Even, uh, I think it was Jeremy made or making a sort of a, a rude comment, which I don't find amusing at all because my name's Jordan. <laughs> Something along the lines, yes, now we're deep, deep inside Jordan. <clears throat> along those lines, and I'm just not amused at all. They went to a... I guess it would be where chariot races used to take place way back in the day. When I say back in the day, I mean back in the day when chariot races used to take place. <laughs> and of course they see this race track and got to get their race on. Uh, this very, very well emphasizes the fact that these three dudes are like children. Just three kids who've been given uh, money and power and more specifically, I think, toys toys in the form of cars. Uh, so we just get to see them sort of, uh, let's boil it down, 
see them frolic with their toys, and it is a goddamn delight. And I like it a lot. They called it the Old Testament NASCAR. That's what they call that. Okay, so now they're in Jordan. They can finally make their way into Israel. A little shadiness there, which I don't think is legal, but maybe it was. And that's, they had uh, two sets of passports, one clean and one unclean. The unclean showing that they were in Syria. The clean, I suppose, not. And that sounds shady enough to be illegal, but I don't know. Maybe it's not. So they were let into Israel and uh, had to, of course, because they're going to Bethlehem to see the baby Jesus, <laughs> get some gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They are the three wise men, as I mentioned at the top of this program, and they mentioned at the top of that program. So it was up to Richard to get the gold, which, uh, you know, you can't deny he got gold, in the shape of Jesus' face, no less. That's pretty good, right? Uh, James, in charge of frankincense. Uh, I don't know how much frankincense was in the shampoo bottle that had the word frankincense on the outside of it actually contained within. I don't know. Let's just assume there was some and call it a day. Lastly, Jeremy had to find myrrh. The thing about myrrh is that nobody knows what it is. Not a goddamn person. <laughs> uh, so... This, this, is my, this is my just absolute favorite thing of this entire exploit. It was almost for me that all events previous from this episode, the entire traveling from Iraq to Turkey to Syria to Jordan, all just for the purposes of this one joke, and that was because he couldn't find myrrh, decided to bring for the baby Jesus a Nintendo DS. A Nintendo DS. Dual screens. That's what the DS stands for. So, twice screens. That's, that's pretty good. I friggin' love that. Uh, yeah. Just amazing. There, there, there was a bit of a bombshell at the end of this episode, which maybe I will not even give away. Hmm, yeah, I'm not going to. I've just decided. Because I want you to check this out for yourself. Please, please, please do. I think this potentially is a good entry into this show for someone who's never seen an episode before. I think uh, if you watch this, you'll get to know these guys a little bit, and we'll get to like them and want to experience more of their hijinks and lowjinks. Okay, so basically what I've done now is just, uh, just sort of for the purposes of my notes, is we're going to leave that special episode behind. And then I have a few little point form notes that I think will give us perhaps a little better idea of what a typical uh, normal Top Gear, if a normal Top Gear episode exists. Yeah. A little bit more of the normalness. For example, they had an episode where their Australian counterparts came by, and the challenge there all involved uh, these two teams only being able to use cars that were built in their respective countries. That was cool, because I didn't know that there were any cars built in Australia. Huh, interesting. Now, built, like, how strict is that rule? Because within Canada, uh, there's, there's cars built, not necessarily companies that are based out of Canada that built cars, but uh, we've got quite a few car factories. I think there's a Ford plant not too far from uh, 
where I live, I think, possibly, maybe, I, I don't know. They mentioned in that episode that uh, this was similar to a previous episode in which they did the, basically, maybe not the exact, but very similar things with their German counterparts. So it sounds like there's quite a few different Top Gears out there, and I like that idea, that this show has spun off in multiple countries. Yeah. English folk and Australian folk, I think, perhaps even you could go as far as to say famously hate one another. There was that overlying this. I say overlying because underlying it, it seemed to be that they all got along pretty well and had a, a bunch of laughs with one another, which I like. I, I like that more than actual, factual, real animosity between these guys. It's more just a, a gentle ribbing, as I think is an English shame that I just use. So we'll move on to another episode in which uh, they each had to pick a car. And by that, I, when I say each, I'm, of course, referring to Jeremy, Richard, and James had to pick a car that they think would be ideal for the Albanian Mafia. <laughs> and again, the challenge there revolved around various tasks that the Ami, Amish... Amish... <laughs> what the fuck am I trying to say? A Amish Mafia, that's what I was about to say. An Albanian Mafia member might perform, such as, uh, say you got a, a dead body and you want to put it in a trunk whose trunk is the most spacious for this dead body. Uh, if you're going to commit a bank robbery, who's going to have the fastest getaway car? Things of that nature. Again, I'm just giving you the sort of broad strokes so that you can go experience these episodes for yourself. Oh, I should mention, on that note, available on Netflix here in Canada. So I assume available on other Netflixes in other countries as well. That is my assumption. Okay, uh, next move on to something that happens most shows, and that's a segment called A Star in a Reasonably Priced Car. That is where a star, meaning a famous person of one form or another, will get in a reasonably priced car. Uh, the car in question is one they... Top Gear folks have sort of purchased, purchased just for the purposes of this segment. Uh, sounds like over the years there may have been a couple of different ones, but it's usually the same one. Uh, and again, I didn't write down any car names because that is just how I roll by not writing car names down is how I roll. I've seen quite a few very interesting people in this car racing around. Uh, from Tom Cruise to Jeff Goldblum, that was good. Uh, I think that might have been my favorite, because I'm a huge... I just love Jeff Goldblum in anything. He's just a fascinating individual to see do anything. So to see on Top Gear delighted me to no end. Uh, this next one that I am mentioning here, what? Was uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. So, uh, again, just brilliant. They had uh, Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson in the most recent one I watched. And it's very, very cool just to see these guys, or girls in some cases, uh, I should say, uh, Cameron Diaz was on the same time as, as Tom Cruise, racing around this track. They're all in the same car, so at the end of the footage of the race, Jeremy, who is sitting with them and sort of does a little interview, a little pre-interview, a little post-interview, will post their scores on this uh, giant board, and they'll get to see how they did. 
<laughs> what? Oh, you know what? I want to mention, and this is maybe a bit of a spoiler, is that the last one I watched was the one with Rowan Atkinson, and he, as it stands, at least in my brain right now, as far as episodes I've watched, he is the fastest person to ever go around this track, which is awesome. <laughs> they actually did... If you were a fan of Mr. Bean, you may remember the uh, three-wheeled car that uh, Mr. Bean used to constantly sort of cut off and just fuck around with. Uh, they did a whole episode basically devoted to that car. <laughs> I think that's that's when I really started falling in love with the show and, and just laughing uncontrollably was Jeremy Clarkson driving that car and making turns and then just ending up on his side. Just friggin' shits and giggles galore. Which I think is a good part to leave this talk behind. Yeah. Uh, final segments are sort of actual reviews of cars and actual sort of news revolving around the things in the car manufacturing industry today. And although those may not be my favorite when compared to the various competitions and starting a real reasonably priced car and things of that nature, they managed to make those things equally, if not quite as, interesting as well. So there, there's never a moment in these shows that I don't sort of thoroughly enjoy, even if it's just news about things happening in the car industry. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll make that interesting and funny, and, and please just check it out and let me know what you think. If you love cars, I, I don't see how this is not your favorite show. If you're not, like me, a car guy, I still think this show is going to be good for you as far as entertainment. If you hate cars, uh, hell, you know what? If you hate cars, check one out and let me know if you hated the show. I think if you hate cars, you potentially will not like the show, but I don't think you'd hate the show. How about how about that for a ringing endorsement? Folks, that will end this episode. I suppose it will not technically be over, though, until I say one final thing, which is, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper